Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, along with, of course, my international traveling (laughs) co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing, Dr. Ravello? I'm doing really, really well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to be back at MCAS. It is good. Bonjour, I might say. (laughs) Oui. Uh, We are in Paris. Comment (laughs) allez-vous? Our uh, French is not good. Not, not so good. No, not that's so good. Where, I think that's about <laughs> that's all we got. That's about where I tap out. Although, I think I did order breakfast. Uh, a ah. little bit. I got a, uh, a Cafe Americain this morning. Oh, yeah, me too. I got that. That's pretty with, good. With uh, uh, sucre. Nice. Yeah. I think it's sucre, but whatever. Sucre. Well, you know, I'm, I'm from sucre, Southern I like California. That. It sounds like a it's, Cajun version. Yeah, it's sort of Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they figured it out. So the meeting's been good. Meeting's been cool really, stuff, really good. Cool stuff, right? Right. So this is IMCAS, the International Meeting for the Aesthetics Collection. Of everything. Of everything. In the world. Basically. Um, it's a big, 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 big international meeting for dermatologists and for plastic surgeons and for anything related to the aesthetic industry at all. And there, that is a lot. That is a lot of industry. Yeah, 15,000 registrants. 15,000. That's a huge number. For it's huge. any meaning by, by any stretch of the imagination. And it's just, it's amazing that the, the energy here and the expertise and the knowledge and the education is just beyond. It's pretty cool. And I got to say, cool. I've uh, the surgical... This has been the best year for the surgical uh, section of the meeting. It's been really great. By far. So this, I mean, it started out as a dermatology meeting. So surgery was sort of added on the back end. And it has always been popular. But this year, I've noticed as well in the surgical meetings, they limit who can attend those surgical lectures to just surgeons or surgery specialties. And the numbers of people in those meetings is, is a lot. Yeah, the, the rooms have been full. More than there were before. Yeah. yeah, so the the rhinoplasty panel that I was on was pretty packed. Yeah, um, it was. You know, it was. And they, uh, you know, the big question, of course, being uh, preservation rhinoplasty or... Structural, uh, structural rhinoplasty right. That's or sort of whatever. The theme of a very <laughs> rhinoplasty meeting these days, but it was discussed again, and I think we had a lot of really good common sense discussion about you know each one, which I think was refreshing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, as I've said, a lot of my friends are like almost diehard religious converts of the preservation. Right. Uh, technique, which I find I can only use in about 5% of my <laughs> rhinoplasties or less. And I think that was the sentiment, that too, of all the, the other... That was the sentiment of the panel. Even uh, those that did it, you know, fairly routinely said, yeah, it's for, you know, like 10%, 15% of my patients. Well, and one, of my, one of my friends, on when I was on the uh, neck lift panel today, I was sitting next to a guy who will remain nameless because he just looked me in the eyes just like, how can I expect it to do, be... He goes, how can I be expected to do an inferior operation when I've been providing such a high level of care my entire career. How does that make any sense to me? Right. I, I, I get it. Like, but you, so here's the thing, like if you're not that good to begin with and the, if you're learning, then maybe preservation rhinoplasty techniques It is. It's easier are, to learn, for sure. Are the secret because you don't have to reconstruct a dorsum. Right. You know, and just for the, the you know, the listeners at home, preservation rhinoplasty is the concept that the nose is totally fine the way it is. You just need to make some big moves in the shape, push things around. So you don't want to actually take down any hump. You're going to push the hump into the face. That's the basic concept. So you would cut around the bones, you'd cut uh 
into the septum underneath the, the dorsum, the bridge of the nose, and just push the whole bridge down. And that makes sense because then you don't have to reconstruct the bridge, which is one of the hardest. You know, Tim Miller said that when I first got to Los Angeles, I was on some LASPS panel with him and he just said, making the dorsum is one of the hardest things in rhinoplasty. So if you don't have to do it, that's a good thing. That's, that's where preservation that's where has preservation a huge advantage. And so we went through all that today with, or I guess that was a couple of days ago, we went through that with the preservation rhinoplasty talk. And then yesterday, uh, what was yesterday? Facelift. Facelift. Yes, yesterday deep, deep was plane all panel. facelifts. And that was a really good one. Got deep into the deep plane. That was cool. <laughs> facelifts. That was a great panel. And uh, the guy from Papras, the uh, head honcho from the Philippine mm-hmm. Society, said that it was his favorite facelift panel in his entire career because he loved the honesty, the willingness to talk about problems with the techniques. He said nobody was arrogant. He he said this was the best facelift panel he'd ever been on. And that was huge because he's had a huge career, that guy. Yeah, he's been around for a little while. And he's true. I mean, that's usually what you see on the podiums. There's a, oh, look at my results. And, oh, I have the best technique. And, oh, I'm so good. And you guys should learn from me. Which is good, you know, sometimes all of the above can be true, but also a lot of times, if we're all being honest, we all have our own flaws Hell and yeah. problems and techniques that didn't work so good. So being able to see sort of the masters of the field own up to that themselves, it was great. It is refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I, I mean, I, when I gave my talk, I just said, look, I'm going to show you some where I did really well, and I'm going to show you some that I wish I could do over. Because yeah. you need to understand that facelifts, interestingly, but of course, you know, as I'm presenting these, you know, I'm saying, oh, and look, on this one, I, I could have had this, this could have been better, this could have been better. But in the end, my patient was totally happy. Right. And, and, and we all kind of said that too. <laughs> right. And everybody all sort of said that. It's like, well, it's not perfect, but boy, you know, this patient loved the result, you know, because look, the neck's better and the jowls are better right. and everything's we're lo- better. We're looking for very specific things. And so sometimes we are our own worst critics, um, which brought us to today. Today, uh, you headed up an interesting, I guess, panel, you could say. It was yeah. for live surgery of the neck. It was facelift and neck, but they were really focusing on techniques to get the neck clean. And, and focused tight. on the uh, on the submandibular glands. And the submandibular glands and how to address the platysma, which is the muscle of the neck and all of the glands of the neck. So it was really interesting. There were two uh, surgeons that they were doing their own patients, live surgery, and then contrasting it with cadaver dissections that they had done to really let us get in there and see the anatomy, showing us the befores and afters, and then you know taking answers and questions from the panelists so that was that was a packed meeting too that was a good one yeah that was that room was full it was very interesting i was sitting next to vladimir mitz of mitz and peroni who defined the smas so huge i mean this guy is facial plastic surgery huge name in uh in in the world of facelifting and I, I sat with him. I also sat with him on my facelift plan, panel, and he kind of looked at me and said, "I thought you were just a rhinoplasty guy." <laughs> like he goes, "When did you learn to do these?" I was like, um, "I've kind of been doing it since <laughs> I was a resident." You know, this mid face mid facelift thing I've been doing, 1997, like right. back before you know the turn of the century, which is true. And uh, so that's where you know you really see. Uh, just the the years of experience and, and para hayden said the same thing kind <laughs> of was like it's like dude what what is this you, you do facelifts now i was like i've kind of always, always done, done them facelifts. Yeah. i mean what did you what did you take away as a 
you know, an up and coming facelifter of, you know, with you doing more and more facelifts now, what did you learn? What was your top takeaway from the facelift panel? I think for me, it was really going after those submandibular glands. You know, we've always sort of, you know, only if they need it, only if they're really bulgy, should you address the submandibular glands. The submandibular glands are basically salivary glands that sit under the border of your chin and over time and with age, they can droop and they can really sort of blunt and not really help the jawline of the aging patient. And so one technique is just to remove them or remove part of them. And it seems like the trend here, at least, was to sort of do it on almost everyone. Yeah, what uh, Patrick Tenard said to me, and and Tenard is from Ghent, uh, Belgium, and I've known him for quite some time, and he was the guy that invented the Max Lift, M-A-C-S, Max Lift, where uh, they used to do a, like a purse string plication of the SMAS to do a rapid very quick, quick. sort of almost... uh, quick and dirty facelift. Yeah, very, very easy under local anesthesia. He's doing very aggressive neck work. And he said, look, if you're going to get into the neck, you know, you kind of got to do everything. If you're going to go deep, then you got to do the digastrics. You've got to do the the submandibular glands. You have to, you know, really contour the platysma. And uh, he says, so he said he's opening a lot of like way more necks than he did before. He tried, he said he used to just try to do everything laterally, but now he wants, he wants the big results. Yeah. You so, got to get in there. I've always been an open the neck guy. I, I, I used to hide when the, people were like, there's no reason to open the neck. I'd be like, like oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, um, I kind of open everyone. Sorry. Yeah. But now they were kind of saying, I open, and that's what uh, the guy from uh, London said too. He said, I open every 100%. He said, I open 100%, 100% of the necks. That's not, that's not, you know, every once in a that's while. That's not a subtle statement. No, yeah. that means that he, if you want to get the results, you got to open it up. So I, I get that. I think it's awesome. Um, what else? What was the other, uh, the other big take-home message that I got, too, on the, uh, on the deep plane is in the inset of the platysma, I think I'm doing a lot more than these guys are. Mm. You know, and I think that's why I'm getting those cleaner jaw lines. Um, they were sort of like, oh, and then I just make a little division here, and then I tuck this in, and I was like, I just pull. cut that thing. <laughs> cut it, dude. Cut like, it what are you waiting it. for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not helping anybody. Like, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. So it was good. Um, I thought that was, it was sort of reaffirming. And then we still have one more panel to go. We do. Uh, I have in another hour or so, I have a breast uh, panel, a breast augmentation panel, where I'm going to be discussing complex breast uh, revisions, basically I saw patients your talk. that have had some it's not easy stuff. It's not easy implants and capsular <laughs> contracture and implant <laughs> rupture and you know breasts falling down to their belly buttons and what do you do? <laughs> How do you fix all of those problems? <laughs> so that's that's yeah. what I that's yeah. what I have coming up. You you get you get the tough ones. You get you go on onto some serious scary stuff with those breasts. Yeah. So that's coming up, and then and then as soon as that's done, we are off to the gala, which. I've been looking forward to all week. Yeah, that should be fun. Be, I, now, good. do you think the uh, fashion, like, let's be like, uh, let's be like uh, the entertainment tonight, people. Yeah, like, the red carpet. What are you expecting to see tonight at the gala? We should do the red carpet at the gala. <laughs> <laughs> That's a separate podcast. Oh, my God. What are you, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Well, so we were here in June of last year, and the weather was pretty nice, and I was just blown away by the, the fashion mavens and 
you know, fashionistas that were out at this meeting. It's a little more subdued right now because it's January and it's like 30 degrees outside. It's freezing out so there. So it sort of tampers everyone's style and I can see it and no one really likes it. There's some fabulous coats and there's a lot of really great boots walking around, but I'll be curious to see how they do uh, winter in Paris with the fashion. I haven't noticed the boots. That's not something I look for. No, I guess. no, you don't. Yeah. Mm, I've seen them studded and buckled and bedazzled and red and blue and <laughs> high and low and army and combat. Like they're all over the place. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, you know it, it is Paris, and so people want to they want to show off they their stuff. Show up. Especially fifteen thousand people. That gala is sold out. I think it's only twelve hundred people that get to Ooh, go to the gala. That's a lot of people who are not on the list. That's right. <laughs> we are on the we list. We are on the list. <laughs> we are not only are we on the list, but we. We're at the we're at the head honcho table. I know that's a big deal. We're spoiled, spoiled rotten. It's good. I am very pleased that uh, that we're involved in, and and I think it's just because we're uh, we're helping with the you know the surgical programming with uh, Dr. Garcon, who's a great guy and has really made this meeting uh, very surgical in nature. I mean, it's yeah. this was good. This is great. I mean, there's just the coordinating of all those live surgeries that we saw. I mean, that must have taken, you know, months of planning to just go yeah, as I mean, smoothless and seamless as it did. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the best surgical meetings I've seen in a long time. I think they have a lot of money. <laughs> they got money, but they also got the players. And they had the people. Look, I mean, look who's here. You know, yeah. it's not... Uh, this isn't like, you know, a bunch of schlocks. Like, they got no. the major players, from you know? Like cherry-picked from each country. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what's cool. I and mean, that's what brings people. But they also, you know, they also, as that panel suggested, and not to disparage any other meeting, because I don't. I don't want to, but they pick people that are here in the interest of education and not in the interest of promoting themselves. Yeah, no, there's not a whole lot of ego here. Like, no. like to a, a substantial degree, there's not a lot of ego, which says a lot. In yeah, our the egomaniacs, world. I don't think, get invited. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I think they're just it's a like, very self-selecting uh, committee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sitting up there with, you know, Fod Nahai and, you know, Steve Cohen and, I mean, it's, it and Tenard and Mitts. I mean, this is like, a, it's a real big names. And, you know, I, somehow I slid in there. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing up there, but I'm oh, always I happy to be there. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I like uh, the, the guys from Italy were great. And yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I think, and, and I like, and Bray, I thought Bray, Dominic Bray was great. The guy doing the face. Oh, you know, yeah, he was great. <laughs> so good. But, I, but I, humble. Yeah, no, I was humble. a big fan of his technique. Educational, yeah. like that's that's surgical education in my yeah. world. You know, going up there and you know basically talking down to everybody with arrogance doesn't do anything for me. I'm, I'm doesn't not facilitate learning. No. no, and I'm not impressed. Like, unless you're gonna, you know pull a magic wand out of your butt you're not going to impress me you know i'd be impressed if that happens i would I'd too and impressed. you know maybe someday somebody would be like guess what <laughs> hi how you doing and that's how i do surgery i'll be like wow wow now that's impressive <laughs> but other than that like i these are surgeons we're all surgeons we all have the same questions and problems and issues that we and and patient issues and like you know so so don't give me the holier than thou you know you need to be humble you need to ground yourself and really be able to, to teach people you have to get on their level which is that you know we all want to be better for our patients right I mean that's the truth that's why we're here and we're all still trying to just figure out the best way of doing things we have not hitched the, hit the zenith of this by any stretch of the imagination and there will be a better way there always you know there definitely do. will be there will be a better way and we just need to keep 
plugging away to get better at everything that we do. That's it. Well, I'm looking forward to your talk. Thank I will you. be probably the only person in the audience since it's at five o'clock. Right before the gala. One hour before the gala, <laughs> so, which I guess we'll, we'll make it there eventually, but that's okay. Uh, and that that's what I have to say from Perry. Anything else? That's it. Bonjour. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. So this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210 in the 23rd arrondissement. <laughs> If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, RavelloPlasticSurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.